I didn't, I didn't realize our team was going to video me throwing it down. I didn't realize that. They did, didn't they? Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Last or next Sunday, you'll be able, if you so choose, you'll be able to fill out your... NCAA Division I basketball tournament bracket, and you'll be able to select who you think will make it to the final four. Now, if you ask me to make a tournament bracket of the top four verses that I believe every believer needs to commit to memory in the year 2021, not 2022 or 2023, those verses would probably be different. I'm talking about 2021. What are four verses that every one of us should remember be reminded of, meditate on, and hide in our heart. Well, then I would point you to the four verses or passages we're going to be studying over the next four weeks in this series through March entitled Final Fours. Now, fours here is spelled F-O-R-S. Why is that? Because in each of these four passages, the preposition for, F-O-R, is featured. And so we are going to unpack these four verses together. All these passages are found in Romans chapter 8. Some would say Romans 8 is the greatest chapter in all of the Bible. Some would argue that. And these four just happen to fall in Romans chapter 8. So this Sunday we're going to be looking at Romans 8, 1 in a message entitled Buzzer Beater. A buzzer beater in college basketball is when a shot is taken before the shot clock expires, but it doesn't go into the basket until after the shot clock expires and the buzzer sounds. And the greatest, most exciting buzzer beaters are those where a team pulls out a win in the last second who was losing prior to that last shot. So the Bible has its own game-changing buzzer beater Bible verses. There's a ton of them in here. Let me give you a few from Romans 6. We are told that for the wages of sin is death. Like, you and I deserve and we've earned death due to our sin. But here's the buzzer beater. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How about this one? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. None. That sounds to me like game over, doesn't it? But here's the game-changing buzzer beater. Listen to this. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. This is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So Romans 8.1 is just another one of those buzzer beater passages. Uh, so if you have your Bible at Romans 8, would you say word up? Now, if you don't have a copy of the Word of God, it's okay, because I've got it right here. See there? <laughs> So uh, here is Romans 8.1. I'm going to read it. You follow along, and then we'll unpack it together. Romans 8, verse 1. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, this, uh, wow. 
This verse is overwhelming. It is a passage of Scripture that is the game changer. Uh, Lord, it, it, it is uh, remarkable to hear this truth from you and this promise from you. I pray we do not take it for granted today. I pray that we'll be attentive spiritually to what you have for us today. I pray we'll receive it, Lord. I pray this text will talk to us. Holy Spirit, as you teach us, in Jesus' name we pray and God's people said. So here's the takeaway. The the, the one truth out of this one verse that I want us to focus on today. There is no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? Here's what it means. There's no judgment for Jesus' followers. No judgment for Jesus' followers followers. Now, under this truth, there's some questions I think are appropriate to ask. They're why questions, and we're going to ask them today. And the first one is, why not? Why is there not judgment for Jesus's followers? Why not? Why is there not judgment for Jesus's followers? So that's the first question. Now, a lot of our why questions get answered in this life. Some of our why questions don't get answered. Why is it? That the last 10% of the tube of toothpaste outlasts the first 90% of the tube of toothpaste. Why is that? It takes us a few weeks to go through 90%. Then you get to the 10% and it lasts and lasts for months on end. Why is that? Is it growing in there? There's a tithe sermon in there somewhere. So some of our why questions don't get answered. Why is it that 10%, the last 10%, outlasts the first 90%? We may not know. This why question, I pray, if we don't get the answer today, we'll at least dive deeper into it. So why not? Why is there not judgment for Jesus' followers? Why not? Well, I want you to see a couple of words here in, this, in the first part of verse 1. Now, I won't, let, let's count the words together, okay? Let's start here with, everybody say one. What's this? What's this? Yeah? Yeah? Five, right? We'll stop at five. Five. Now, so in, in, in the English Standard Version, uh, the word na- no is the, you've already counted, one, two, three, four, fifth word, Okay? Uh, in the original language, in the Greek, the word no is not the fifth word. In the original language, the word there is not the first word. The word is is not the first word. The word therefore is not the first word. The word now is not the first word. The word no is not the fifth word. In the original language, no is the first word. No is not here. It's over here. Because Paul is so overcome and overwhelmed. He says No condemnation. None. Paul is saying there, this doesn't read, there is therefore a little bit of condemnation. Doesn't say that. There's 10% condemnation and 90% no con- It doesn't say that. It doesn't say there's a lot of condom. doesn't say that. It says there's none. Not even one bit. Not a little bit. Not a lot. None at all. Zilch. Zero. Nada. We don't even understand that. We hear that and just go along with our day. 
Never even stop to consider what that actually means. There is no condemnation. Here's what it means, believer. It means that you are completely free from the penalty and power of sin. Completely free. It means there's no conditions attached. There's no conditions attached to your freedom from condemnation. See, in America, we're free, right? Land of the free, home of the brave. But there are some conditions attached to your freedom. If you commit some crimes, your freedom may be in jeopardy, right? Yes. But in God's kingdom, my heavens, we just don't, we just can't grasp. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, would you help us grasp this incredible truth in Jesus' name? I mean, church, this, in Christ, there's no conditions on your freedom from condemnation. Zero. None. Nada. In other words, grace has written an unconditional guarantee. (laughs) How about that? No guarantee in this life is unconditional. Every guarantee comes with conditions. But grace has written an unconditional guarantee. There is no condemnation. This word means judgment. This word means to render one guilty. It's to render a verdict of guilty. Guilty. It's a judicial word, a judicial term. And we can think of it as one that is a damnatory sentence. There is no damnatory sentence for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no penal servitude. What does that mean? A continuous enslavement to sin. You see, what this means is no longer do we have the death sentence because of the penalty of sin. It's already been paid. No second payment is due. It's paid in full. (laughs) It's paid. So there's no penalty. There's no death sentence for the penalty of sin for a believer. And there's no longer, we are no longer slaves to the power of sin. Will we sin? Yes. Will you be enslaved by it? Not in Christ. It has no authority over you. Never, ever, ever. Eugene Peterson said it like this. Condemnation is a continuous low-lying black cloud. Well, for the believer, there is no continuous low-lying black cloud of condemnation hovering over you if you're in Christ. There is none. The word condemnation, condemn, it's a two-part Greek word. It means to judge down. A Roman emperor would sit on a throne. Criminals would be brought in front of him. He would hear their case, and he would either judge them down or judge them up. I believe that's where we get our emoji, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, not guilty, thumbs down, guilty. When God the Father looks at you, believer, he gives you a thumbs up. Mm. When God the Father looks at you, believer, He gives you a thumbs up. That's better. In fact, it don't get any better than that. A thumbs up. When God looks at us, He doesn't see us. He sees His Son. This is why judgment doesn't come down. Because Christ came down and now grace reigns down. That's why. He doesn't see us. He sees His Son. Paul said it like this in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. My heavens, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Now, let's, let's, let's remember what Paul is not saying here. Paul is not saying 
that there is now no cause for condemnation. Because the question is, why is there not condemnation now? Why is there not judgment for Jesus' followers? The answer is not that the reason there is no condemnation is because there's no reason for condemnation. That's not the answer. We might think, well, is there any, have I done anything worthy of being condemned and judged? That's not the issue. It's not the issue that we've not done anything worthy of judgment, or we've not done anything worthy of punishment, or we've not done anything worthy of condemnation as a follower of Christ. That's not the issue. The question is not, is there any cause for condemnation? The truth is, there is plenty. Think of it like this. Is there any argument to be made that we should all be annihilated? Is there any basis that we should all be banished? Is there any data that would suggest we should all be destroyed? Is, is there any case to be made that we should all be condemned? Is there any grounds for all of us to be hauled off to the spiritual eternal gallows? Is there any truth whatsoever that suggests we should all be toast? And the answer is yes. Oh my, overwhelming evidence. See, Romans 8.1 is in Romans 8.1. It's not in Romans 1.1. It's in Romans 8.1. Because from Romans 1 through Romans 7, it paints an ugly picture of the gravity of our sin and the depravity of man. Oh my heavens. I mean, just read through. If you say, well, is there any reason for us? Just read Romans 1 through 7. Let me give you an example. Romans 1, 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Romans 2. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself for the day of God's wrath when His righteous judgment will be revealed. Romans 3, all have turned away. They've together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. We could go on and on and on. Romans 7, here's what Paul said about Paul. Here's what Paul said about himself. He said, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver from this body of death? Romans 1 through 7 is proof that there is plenty of reasons for us to come to ruin and destruction and condemnation and punishment and judgment. Plenty. If you don't believe that, just think about the sins you've already committed today. That's enough to condemn you forever. Paul says, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. All of us have secrets, don't we? All the families worshiping with us online and in person, we all have secrets, right? Do you have secrets in your family? Nobody has secrets. I'm the only one. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some secrets. Amen. Well, until the, uh, well, let me, let me say it this way. We Every family has secrets until, until that life group teacher asks a group of kids for prayer requests. <laughs> then the secrets go out the window, right? Yes, we all, have, we all have sin. We all have messes in our life and brokenness in our life. And, and, and we live in a world where the accuser is constantly accusing. He just hits us with a barrage of of condemnation that rains down on us relentlessly. Yet when God the Father looks at us, 
for the believer. He doesn't condemn us. He commends us because we're in Christ. Not because of you, but because of Christ. So no, Paul is not saying there's no reason for judgment. That's why there's no judgment. He's not saying that. He's also not saying that there is therefore now no affliction for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's not saying there is therefore now no cross to bear for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's not saying there is therefore now no sickness for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's not saying there is therefore now no pain and suffering or correction or discipline or disappointments or burdens. He's not saying there is now no more mourning or grief or ridicule or storms. He's saying that in the midst of that, we're no longer under the sentence of judgment. You're going to fail, you're going to stumble, you're going to struggle. There's no condemnation attached to that. Jesus has delivered you from that. It's done. The Holy See, Romans 8 is all about the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know this or not. That's all, Romans 8 is about the Holy Spirit. Life in the Spirit. That's what Romans 8... Romans 8 is about the Holy Spirit bringing about this freedom, affecting our freedom that we have in Christ. Bringing that to life. Working that out in the heart and life of a believer. That is what Romans 8 is all about. The Holy Spirit, in other words, is stronger than your struggles. He's stronger. I find it fascinating... Pastor friend of mine mentioned this the other day, and yeah, that's so true. We know so much about Jesus. I mean, Jesus, obviously, he's the Sunday school answer, right? The Sunday, every Sunday school answer is Jesus, isn't it? And rightly so. Praise God. He's our Redeemer, our Savior, our Lord. Yes, we should know everything we could about Jesus. We should know him more and better than we know anybody else because he certainly knows us more and better than anybody knows us. And so we should. But when we stop and think about it, my pastor friend said, you know, Jesus, we know so much about him. He was here 33 years and we know so much about him and rightly so. But the Holy Spirit was here for 2,000 plus years and we know, we know little to nothing about him. Why is that? Are we scared of him? We are Baptists, right? But the Holy Spirit, He's our equipper, He's our empower, He's our guide, He's our teacher, He's our helper, He's our intercessor. So why is there not judgment for Jesus' followers? Well, it's not because there's no reason for it. It's not that. Here's the second question. Why not now? Why is there not judgment now for Jesus' followers? Why not now? This is a word I think many people miss in this verse is the word now. We've heard there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but we skip this word. There's no condemnation now. That doesn't say next week. That doesn't say next year. That doesn't say the next day. That says now. The word now, is, it's pretty simple what the word means. It means at the present time. It means focused on the moment as such. It means a point of time simultaneous with the event of the discourse itself. It means henceforth. It means right now. So you can look at it a couple of different ways. It contrasts our life prior to Christ. Because prior to Christ, we were under condemnation. In fact, the Bible says in John 3.18, For those who do not believe in Jesus, the Son of God, they stand condemned already. Already under the 
hand of condemnation already. But now for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. So it, it also means that yes, since I've come to Christ, I'm not, no longer under condemnation. Now that should give some of us some assurance, amen? <laughs> it should give you an assurance, believer, born again believer, that there's no condemnation. There's no judgment day ahead for you. Judgment day is behind you. The penalty of your sin will never be judged if you're in Christ. It's already been judged 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary. God took upon, in the person of Jesus, your sin and mine, satisfying the wrath of God the Father, dying in your place and mine. That should give you great assurance. Are you living with that assurance today? Here's another help and hope that this word certainly brings to my heart. I hope it brings it to yours. I think every believer would agree that we understand that in the future there is no coming judgment day for those of us who are in Christ. If you're in Christ, do you believe that? That the penalty of sin, your sin, will ne you'll never be held accountable for that because Jesus already paid that, right? Yes, he's paid that. It's paid in full. There's not a second payment due. It's done. It's paid. So we know that. But here's, I think, where we struggle. The word also means that right now, there is no condemnation. Right now. Some of us as believers are giving in to the fear and the deception of the enemy. And you're walking around and you're thinking in your mind, this is happening to me because God is out to get me. God is paying me back because he's punishing me and paying me back for something I've done. No, he's not. There is now, 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 no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God is not mad at you. He's not annoyed with you. He's not disappointed in you. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. You are justified in him. Don't let the enemy lie to you. God is not holding a grudge against you. He loves you. We, this needs to give us confidence, church. It needs to give us faith and confidence. We, this should give us as much confidence as a seven-year-old who is telling a joke he or she just made up. That's the kind of confidence this needs to give to you. It needs to give you the confidence of that little girl that was standing in the windowsill. Tony Campella, he's a, I love reading his writing. He wrote of a, a four-year-old girl who was very talkative, very bright, very outgoing. And one day she was in her house with her family and a violent thunderstorm was coming through and potential tornadoes, lightning, thundering, rain, torrential downpours. I mean, just a brutal brutal storm. Most of the family was gripped with fear. They were downstairs, scared to death, huddled up, and the little four-year-old wasn't there. So the dad looked around and said, well, where, where is she? He ran up to her room, opened the door, and his little four-year-old girl is standing on the windowsill with her arms out wide like this, with her pressing up against the window glass, just pressed up against the window. And her dad said, what are you doing? And she turned her head. She didn't move from the glass. She just turned her head back a little bit. And she says, Daddy, God's trying to take my picture. 
Well, amen to that. That's the kind of confidence we need. When the storms are raging around us, we need to come to the place, believer, that we can revel in the fact that God is crazy about you. He loves you. Man, we need to revel in that. Somebody, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody in the Tennessee Valley needs to hear this today. Fear makes mountains. Faith moves them. This ought to give you some faith. It ought not give you any fear if you're in Christ. It ought to give you some faith. No matter your condition, no matter on your worst day, God's crazy about His church. So that's not, that's, that's why, why not now? Number three, third question, why not, why not for all? Why is this verse, why is it not, look at this, for all? Why not for all? This, this is an, there's an interesting thing happening in this verse. On the one hand, there's this great statement, there's, there's, there's an, this incredible unconditional statement there is therefore now no condemnation no conditions attached whatsoever totally unconditional the second half of this verse is totally conditional totally conditional there's a condition here it doesn't say there is therefore now no condemnation period no, you have to keep reading. And that's why this four in this scripture is so important. There's therefore now no condemnation for those. That doesn't say all. It doesn't say every human being. For those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a very specific, exclusive group. So this no condemnation, it's available to everybody. But it's only applied to those who are in Christ Jesus. This is one of Paul's favorite phrases. In Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why it's his favorite. He wrote it over 164 times in the New Testament. And here's why I believe it's his favorite. This is why I believe this. Paul, if you read in Philippians, has quite a resume of performance. Uh, in fact, I'm going to turn there real quickly. I think we got a few minutes to do this. So if you want to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians, that would be fantastic. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, uh, verse... I'll pick up in number 4. Philippians 3, verse 4. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, you hear that? In the flesh also. If anyone thinks, anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Listen to this resume here. Listen to this. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. His pedigree was second to none. He had the absolute best pedigree anybody, any Jew could ever have. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, 
Remember, Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, Paul was the, his righteousness surpassed. It, it was the top of the line with the, as, a, as a Pharisee goes, the very tip top. No Pharisee better than Paul. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. All right? I didn't write this. You just read that, didn't you? Now watch what he says. Whatever gain I had, verse 7, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Here's why I believe in Christ Jesus is Paul's favorite phrase. Because we just read in Philippians 3, Paul gave you his resume. And before Paul came to Christ, for Paul it was all about performance. How he performed. A Hebrew of Hebrews. A Pharisee of Pharisees. As to the law, blameless. Nobody performed better than Paul in regards to being a Jew. Nobody. Nobody. But then something happened to Paul. On the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and broke him, humbled him. And and, and he said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus revealed himself to him, and Paul was born again. And when Paul was born again, here's what happened. For Paul, all his performance that he staked everything on, all his performance, this is what he said of it, I counted as rubbish. Rubbish! In fact, I'm going to translate uh, in the, the, the Greer translation. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And enlist all his performance. But whatever performance I had, I count as laws for the position I have now in Christ. It's not about performance. This is not about performance. It doesn't say, this is therefore now, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who perform well. Who are in church. It doesn't say in church. It doesn't say in America. It it doesn't say in the Republican Party. And it doesn't say in the Democrat Party. And it doesn't say in, fill in the blank. It says in Christ Jesus. Performance goes out the window. And it's all about your position in Christ. It has nothing to do. Your justification before God has nothing to do with your performance. If so, you'd never be justified. It has everything to do with your position in Christ. So today, for everybody in the room, for everybody online, you're you're in one of two places spiritually. One of two. You're either in Christ or you're outside of Christ. There's there's nothing in between. You're either in (laughs) positionally right before God, justified before God, not because of any performance you've ever had but only because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Period. So you're in or you're out. I'm so glad that God is saying this. I'm so glad that man is not saying this. I'm so glad that this never changes with the winds. Aren't you so glad for that? I'm glad this is coming from the authority of the Word of God and not the authority from our world today. I'm glad God is saying this. And Dr. Fauci is not saying this. I'm glad this is from God. 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm good at sinning and you are too. And if we could sin our way out of salvation, we would sin our way out of salvation. But we can't sin our way out of salvation because as good as we are at sinning, God's even better at saving. So remember, the Bible never directs us to base our assurance of salvation, never does it one time, tell us to base it on a decision we've made. It's all about the cross. It's all about the crucifixion. It's all about what Christ has done. In Noah's day, think about it this way. In Noah's day, who were the people that were saved? Were it the people who were in the ark or outside of the ark? They were in the ark, right? They were in the vehicle by way God provided salvation. They were in it, not outside of it. They were in it in the same way. You're either in Christ or you're not. There is no, Christianity does not offer a second chance to live a sin-free life. It's impossible for us to do that. Christianity never offers you another chance to live a sin-free life. It doesn't offer a second chance to live a sin-free life. Christianity offers a second Adam who already did. He's already lived it. And we're just called to put our faith in him are you in or are you out I don't know where you are today I don't know this is a very conditional statement I like to think of it as the exclusive inclusiveness of the gospel it is exclusive and inclusive all at the same time it's available to all it's only applied to those who are in Christ Jesus I don't, I don't know where you are today I don't know if you're in Christ today I, I, don't, I don't know that you know that so unbeliever, maybe you come here today, you say, I have no peace with God. I, have no, I don't have the peace of God. Well, you're not in Christ. If you are in Christ, you have that peace. You have that assurance forever and ever and ever. You'll have it. So today I want to invite you to come and put your faith in Christ alone. And I'm going to share with you how to do that in a moment. But I want to say something to every believer in the room. I, I really feel compelled to remind us of this truth. I pray you'll memorize this verse. That's my prayer, that you'll put this somewhere where you can memorize this and hide it in your heart. Because if you were raised in a religious environment that has caused you to be filled with guilt and shame, let me remind you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If, you were, if you're struggling in a sin that just keeps reoccurring and you can't get out of that cycle, let me remind you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If the memories of your past or haunting you of what you've done, let me remind you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If your memories of what someone else has done to you is, is haunting you, well, let me remind you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're dealing with a sickness, and somehow you think that God is, is paying you back, Hey, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you see your problems as God's punishment on you for what you have done, let me remind you in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you think God is angry with you and he's, he is, he's, he's out to get you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If your children are breaking your heart and you think it's your 
fault. Let me remind you that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you fall way short of others when you compare yourself to them, let me remind you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If Satan continues to accuse you, continues to condemn you, which he will, you need to remind him. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to remind him of that. Remind him of that. There's no judgment for Jesus' followers. Is there discipline? Yes. Yes. Correction? Absolutely. Punishment? Never. Judgment? No. Condemnation? Not even now. Not even now. See, there's no abyss that Jesus' ambassadors are going to go to. That does, there's no bottomless pit for Jesus' bondservants. There's no hell for those who believe that Jesus died on the hill. There is no Guiana for those who believe Jesus is the Son of God who died at Golgotha. There is no condemnation for Jesus' church. There's no damnation for Jesus' disciples. There's no lake of fire for those who were lost but are now found. There's no perishing for those who believe in the God who is pardoning. There is no judgment for Jesus' followers. There's no ruin after this life for those who believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. There is none. That There is no netherworld for Jesus' witnesses. There is no place of torment for Jesus' people today. There is no fiery finish for those who put their faith alone in Jesus' it is finished. There is none. So quit listening to the devil. Remind, hide this verse in your heart. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. Father, we love you and we thank you for those in the room and online who have peace with you and the peace of you. We celebrate that today, but they need to be reminded. That Lord, in this moment, because Satan's not Satan's relentless. He's not going, he's not going to stop. But in this moment, in every moment, until you come again, there will be no judgment, no punishment, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Will there be discipline and, 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 and correction? Yes. And will that hurt? Yes, it will hurt sometimes. The word is sharp. It cuts. It divides. Sure. But praise God, there's no judgment for that. There's no punishment. There's no condemnation. So please encourage these believers. I, I pray they'll get up today and move in this place and come to these steps and just praise you. This now ought to make some of us shout, wow. It ought to make some of us get to these steps and bow. And it ought to make all of us ask, how is this even possible? Oh God, let us worship you if we are in fact in Christ. There's some here today online and in person, they don't have peace with God. They don't have the peace of God. They can't say what Paul said in Romans 5, 1, because they've never experienced the freedom of Romans 8, 1. They can't say that they now have because of their justification in Christ through faith, and now they have peace of God and peace of God. They can't say that because they've never put their faith in Christ oh they've been in church they've been in religion maybe they've even been in Buddha and in Muhammad but the Bible doesn't say there's no condemnation for those in Buddha and Muhammad 
says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus our Lord God I pray that those who are far from you today would understand that you came near to us that you took on flesh and you went to a, an old rugged cross a blood soaked tree you breathed your last you died Jesus, you died. They buried you. Rose from the grave. Appeared to over 500 people over 40 days. Ascended to heaven and is soon coming. And meanwhile, there's so many here today and worshiping online that have never come to faith in you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would break these strongholds that the enemy has. There's so much fear today. And all that fear does is make mountains. I pray that somebody in this place and somebody online would say, you know what? I'm going to take a step of faith. We're going to move a mountain. God, I pray it in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ online or in person, I pray right now that you would whisper this prayer. If you believe in this good news that Jesus died for you, was buried and raised to life. I pray right now, lead you in this prayer. You use your own words to say this. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've been separated from you because of sin, and I deserve judgment. But I believe Jesus paid the penalty, and I don't have to be judged if I trust him. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I believe that he offers forgiveness of my sin. Forgive me, Lord. I invite Jesus into my life. In his name we pray. Amen. And amen. Would you stand with us?